honestly, I'm actually just glad to be back. I'm glad to be on the mend because in case you hadn't heard, I came down with a case of the Rona as the kids are calling it. Well, the kids are calling it the boomer remover. That is not age appropriate humor. <laughs> That's not something we can promote in discourse. We can't promote generational politics because it's reductive no matter how funny it is. And you know, let's be honest, no matter how many boomers are gonna get removed. Uh, but it's good for me to be back. Gra- glad to be around with the boys. It is currently day, what day of the quarantine is it, Richard? Uh, I mean, depends on which state you're in, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say, we've been quarantined officially. They, everything is, school is closed a little over a week ago. So it's, we're going on week two. We are in day nine. Day nine. I'm roughly on about year three of social isolation, but that's separately from the Corona thing. Oh my God, Richard, don't be so fucking dramatic. I, you know, <laughs> if, if anyone deserves to be dramatic, if anyone deserves to play the victim here, it is me because not only did I have coronavirus, I come back from my fever induced delirium only to be accosted for just asking questions. And the question that <laughs> I asked, which I mean, kind of escalated far beyond what I expected was like, Yo, where the fuck is Joe Biden? Because when I was feeling better, well, good enough to tweet on Saturday or Friday, Joe Biden, to my surprise, had been missing, uh, missing in air quotes, because people get mad and say, you know, he was missing because theoretically he was at his home in Wilmington, Delaware, uh, with where the low ceilings prevented him from sending any kind of photo or video evidence for six days. And as of today, I would, you know, this may sound... Uh, conspiratorial, I would claim he's still missing. Uh, Where is Joe Biden, fellas? I mean, when I saw that video, one of the first things that came to my mind uh, was that there was nothing in it that indicated to me that this was evidence that it was current, that it was not like old and uh, I guess the more that people have looked at it the more that that's been kind of uh, noticed well I love this back up real quick because when I got back online there was one video the video of his last sort of virtual town hall that showed him having to kind of be uh, led off by his wife Dr. Jill Biden um oh yes and that was weird that was rough fucking to watch. rough and then by day four, people were saying, hey, you know, we're in the middle of an epidemic. Where is the Democratic primary party's uh, front runner, uh, Joe Biden? And, and for many, that that the ending of that last video. So the last time that people had seen him made it just that much more weird for him to not be present during this situation. Oh, no, absolutely. If the last time I saw my grandfather or grandmother, he had been acting like Joe Biden was acting in that video and in many other videos, you know, I would issue a silver alert, 100%, milk cartons or whatever. He would have been on the news. I mean, he would have been that, a text he message. seemed to refuse to kiss his wife on the lips, but seems to have no problem kissing his daughter on the lips would have had me putting out a different alert. But go on. Wasn't that his granddaughter? Or, oh, yeah, granddaughter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is even worse. Look, look, honestly, if we spend all day listening to people who Joe Biden is kissing on the lips, uh, despite maybe having coronavirus, um, <laughs> we would be we would be uh, we'd be here all day. We don't have time for that. So I'm I'm trying to lay out the timeline of events because this is like taken. You know, the longer Joe Biden is missing, the less likely you are to find him. Fucking, you know. Yeah. Joe, Joe Biden, you know, to be, to be polite. Uh, and so over the weekend, the where is Joe Biden hashtag starts trending. Reasonable question. First, it was he couldn't figure out the tech. Then it was that his ceilings were too low. Uh, he showed up in the form of a thumbs up on a DJ D nice house party live stream, uh, which was touted by Simone D. Sanders as 
proof positive that he was alive. And then today he released two videos that were at best, I would say, quite sketchy. And, you know, this seemingly honest question, where is Joe Biden, escalated to a point where, like, I think it didn't need to, considering how easy it is to prove that somebody is okay. So where is Joe Biden, uh, Adair? Joe Biden is probably, I mean, he's probably in some kind of mandatory confinement being checked out by medical professionals. The dude did not look well in his last address. The one, and I'm talking about the one before the green screen, green screen debacle that he had. He looked absolutely terrible. His wife had to lead him off. His wife's a doctor. I think she's a medical doctor. Um, if, she, if, if she is and she's letting her husband do this, and that's just fucking malpractice. Like, she's a horrible human being. If that's the case, we don't know. But I honestly think Joe Biden's just sitting at home rambling about malarkey and talking to his good friend Corn Pop. So I want to avoid... Um speculation on the show you know me i'm not very speculative <laughs> I, don't, I don't traffic in despite what i've been accused of on twitter i don't traffic in conspiracy theories i'm what you call a truth seeker and Are you? so depends and so <laughs> if you find what i have to say troubling it's because you have occluded your mind from the truth or your mind has been so befuddled by the false reality of the mainstream media that you find just the very act of seeking truth troubling. And I understand that, but you can't project that onto me. I say, let's say this at the core of this question is not whether Joe Biden is alive. Right. I believe Joe Biden is alive. The fact I don't that think he's well, though, I think he's alive. But I don't think he's well. And I think we've all, you know, the whole hashtag dementia Joe. Right. Like people have noticed Joe Biden's not OK for a while. I think it's getting worse. Well, I don't even want to speculate on whether or not he's well too much. I mean, we can do that afterwards. Fuck it. I mean, <laughs> but Joe Biden, I think it's fair to say, has been missing from action uh, for the past week of the, the corona pandemic. And the past week of the corona pandemic has been quite the week. There's been an exponential increase in cases since the 18th, since we last saw Joe Biden. And so the question of where is Joe was on people's minds because every night Trump was on the, was on television giving press conferences and there was simply nobody out there who was actually engaging in combating the narrative that the Republican Party was seeking to promote. And so I make the distinction between like that question and the larger conspiracy theories, which we will probably engage in, of like, is he dead? Does he have coronavirus? Uh, is he wandering the wilderness? Uh, because like those two questions are going to be collapsed. Like the first, the primary question of like, hey, where is Joe Biden? What is he doing? Why is he out there? It's going to be kind of folded into like the latter sort of tongue in cheek conspiracies of like, you know, have they replaced Joe Biden with the clone? Is like, have they replaced Joe Biden with a body double? Yeah, no, I think that you raise an excellent point that there is a serious question at the heart of it, which is where is Joe Biden in this time? And because of a consistently absent uh, media as far as holding power accountable he hasn't really been called to account and f they've basically just kind of erased the fact that he's running for president and that he should be responding with uh, or covered with it or covered it with uh, Cuomo pre press briefings and they're is sort of a kind of, I don't know, a churning f towards Cuomo. But uh, I think that the point that you raise about Biden's absence uh, among a rapid escalation uh, in the seriousness with which both individual states and the nation as a whole are looking at the coronavirus uh, pandemic is an excellent point that is serious and deserves uh, like 
you know, real analysis, but is going to be by those same media figures that are basically ignoring a lot of the things now with uh, the conspiracy theories, the Russia right narrative, all those types of things. And we saw that a long ways back already before recording this for sure. I mean, I want to pivot a little bit on that and just and just ask, let's say things go the way the Democratic Party wants it to, which is to say, let's say Biden gets the nomination. He has even less of a chance of beating Trump now than he did before, because Trump, as we said, has been on the airways every night, even though he's been putting his foot in his mouth. Right. He's not done a goddamn thing. He's been there. Yeah, Biden's been on Twitter and more than Trump and less he's in front of the cameras. He's on Twitter though. Like well, yeah, his Twitter Biden handle is not quotes. even run by him. <laughs> he's got his he's got his media person running his Twitter handle. So Joe Biden is just absent. And he's going to get fucking hammered on that. And he should be. He should be getting hammered by it now. It shouldn't just be independent news uh, groups. It shouldn't be podcasts like ours that are asking this question, like CNN should be asking this question, MSNBC should be asking this question, but they're not. And if it continues to go down this route and Biden somehow gets the nomination, he's going to just be demolished in every debate come uh, the fall. Well, I mean, that's the frustrating thing. Besides people like acting just because I'm asking where the fuck is Joe Biden? Like, like, like I took that nigga. Like, I know where he is. It's like, no, like, I'm just asking because I want to know because it seems like incredible political malfeasance to let the, the narrative be controlled so heavily by the GOP. You know, Richard makes the good point that Cuomo's name became floated a lot in the absence of Joe Biden, again, despite the fact that there was another person in the Democratic Party primary, Bernie Sanders, who mm-hmm. was hosting daily live streams that people were watching and people were engaging with. Um, but, I mean, and of course, the conspiracy theories, since we're talking about conspiracy theories now, uh, is that like Cuomo is going to be the replacement for Joe Biden because a bunch of, you know, let's be honest, like starry eyed liberals are just desperate for another fucking manager to come in and just like basically take control of things. But Cuomo hasn't been handling uh, Cuomo has already been criticized not only for like basically us- utilizing slave labor to build his uh, Purell factory, but also just for mishandling the the entire crisis at the beginning too, right? But I do think people are off in their interpretation that they think that Cuomo is going to be be replacing Biden as the nominee during the convention because it's just not it's not functional at this point. But the belief that that idea is being floated out there or that people are trying to float that idea out there actively as opposed to just like kind of engaging in some sort of like weird you know wish fulfillment or fanfic writing (laughs) uh no i'm serious is that like it gets a self-insert fanfic i think this goes to dare's point despite what they're pretending people even liberals can see that joe biden is not quite right right i mean there were plenty of people who were writing about (laughs) it prior to now there are plenty of people who were talking about it prior to now uh and it's only become recently since he's been the nominee that suddenly, oh, like, the, how could you say that? Joe Biden's not missing. He has a stutter. Joe Biden's not dead. He has a stutter. That's not coronavirus. It's a fucking stutter. You know, like all that shit. I think in the back of their heads, not to be all psychoanalytical, but why not? They know that this can't work. And if they didn't know prior because of all of his gaffes and like threatening to beat up supporters, him being missing for six days, they realize that that can't work for the same reason that like Adair says, which is that like Trump is going to bring it up in the debates. And there really isn't a good answer for why he was missing. Why he was missing, 
I mean, the idea people are floating out there is that like he was just fucking burned out from the combination of stimulus it would take for him to do a, a sit down debate versus Bernie Sanders, which I can believe. But at the end of the day, the facts are the facts, and the facts that he was missing and standing up in a debate versus Trump. Trump is just going to say, "Well, at least I was there." You know, I showed up when the you know America was in the grips of a global pandemic. You were missing. Yeah, and I, one thing I mentioned before we started recording uh, was that what kind of took a, or was an indication to me that the media as well is onto this and and aware of the that there's something going on with Biden was knowing that he was scheduled to give some sort of. Corona update. They didn't even mention it, promo it, or carry it live when it was going on, and are probably only going to just do little recaps of segments of it. And then if they have to use a segment where he has some weird verbal tick or like that isn't explained by the stuttering, but more of a slurring of words and such, or the part with the teleprompter or any of the other aspects that people are noticing, the closer they look, the green screen, so on and so forth, probably going to try and gloss over it or not mention it at all. And so I think the the, the level of deception and the level of, you know, willful ignorance that people are seeing within the media around the Joe Biden thing is even a step beyond what we saw for Bernie Sanders campaign and the kind of willful neglect that they gave to covering his campaign, both in 2016 and in 2020 and the active malicious coverage that they provided, especially during 2020. Uh, like when we see that we're that we don't see that with Biden and and we see how they're reacting i think people are are kind of i don't know how to phrase it but i guess seeing the media in a new light and it's scarier than the Bernie Sanders thing because the Bernie Sanders thing was like okay this is obviously a class interest thing where they're opposing him for class interest but you know they're really acting relatively rationally in their own interest but with this it seems like they're not even acting in their own interest unless they just really just don't care about the the illusion of the the rigidity or the the consistency of our democracy and are willing to let that burn and to either lose to Trump again or to back Biden knowing that he clearly having suffering from cognitive decline well i think it depends i think you had people out there who like you said you know are just craven operatives of the you know democratic party of the biden campaign who are 100 in this for the money 100 in this for the grift you know it is what it is uh and they know where Biden is. They know he wasn't ready to go in front of those cameras. But then you had the people out there who I think the same ones who are kind of like toying with the, the you know, with the Andrew Cuomo mm-hmm. candidacy, who like in the back of their head, I think they expected the brakes to be put on at some point. Like, OK, yeah, but it can't really be Joe Biden. Right. It's like it's not really going to be Joe Biden. You're actually going to bring in Elizabeth Warren at the convention. Right. You're, you're actually going to bring in Andrew Cuomo. You're actually going to bring in Hillary Clinton. And it's like, no. I think that like for a lot of people to go along, there might have had to have been this sort of, you know, at least illusion that the like there was somebody at the the helm there that was going to make a decision to pull Biden last minute once Bernie Sanders was defeated. And then you, you bring in somebody else, you bring in, you know, just a random like perfunctory, like a Pete Buttigieg or whatever. Um, and then you have like the third group who were just like mystified. I hate to use the word, you know, sheeple, my man. So I'll use the word Sherson, the singular people. <laughs> they just did not realize that honestly, and this is the people I feel bad for, that like post quote unquote beating Bernie in the primary, the Democratic Party didn't have a plan. There was simply no plan for what to do once they had quote unquote defeated Bernie. They just figured that Trump would be, you know, relatively a, a pushover. 
uh, once Corona got bad, I think there was this sort of tacit assumption that it was automatically going to be a bad thing for Trump and that the Democrats and Biden and whatever wouldn't get dragged down to that muck with him. But because Democrats never learn anything to go on. Never learned anything despite what happened post 9-11 and with Kerry and shit. But once it turned out and as it turned out that Trump, that just Trump just being in front of the camera and like, like every day coming out there was improving his uh, like sort of like the public's perception of how he was handling the, the coronavirus thing. It's like now they're sitting there mystified and baffled because the Democratic Party, like their ideology, you know, their actual ideology doesn't have any answers for this. Right. It's like, like, you no, know, like the purpose that they serve within our system to sort of just like guard the status quo from like leftist critique and then offer technocratic bullshit doesn't really have a, a value here and so like putting biden from the cameras putting fucking pelosi and schumer in front of the cameras is not necessarily going to function the way they think it is looking at just kind of the big picture here it's looking really really bad and one of the things that i've noticed on twitter actually in the absence of joe biden is simply the fact that people that identify as liberal really just want <clears throat> they want an obama they want someone that will say nice things to them, make them think things are happening for them, and then really not do anything. They really are more focused on external image than they are actual material change. And the reason I say this is I was as I'm scrolling through Twitter, I have one one person in my life that is considered that is a liberal. And they're fairly wealthy, right? And I know them we're still we're still pretty fairly good friends, even though I think they're absolutely ridiculous with a lot of this shit. But they retweeted uh, some blue check Twitter liberal onto my timeline, and it had to do with Sanders' response to the reporter when the reporter was like, well, why aren't you doing even more campaign events right now? And he was like, I'm dealing with a fucking global pandemic. Is that enough to keep you bu- to keep me busy for a couple of days? Is that enough for you? And the blue check liberal's response was, oh, my God, this is so blatantly disrespectful. It's, there's no difference between this and what Trump does. There's There's no difference between the two. They're the same person. And I'm just like, in what way? Right. Like, the only similarity there is that neither of them have done performative uh, politeness, right? Neither of them are being, none of, neither of them are, you know, playing by these dumbass rules that people think actually matter in society, except Sanders is trying to get you $2,000 a month directly to your, uh, into your bank account while this shit's going on, wanting to suspend rent payments, wanting to do all these other things that are actually going to help you out. And Trump is saying, I take no responsibility for the United States government response, telling governors, hey, you're on your own for getting PPE and testing kits and all this other stuff, and then outbidding those same governors, and then saying, well, it's your fault it's spreading so bad, you should have gotten the stuff. Like, all of this shit is kind of coalescing at once, but liberals don't care about anything that is not, you know, about this performative, idealized version of society that they have. And many of them, again, you know, we talk about, we've talked about how liberals tend to cast uh republican american american conservatives as those temporarily embarrassed millionaires hundreds of thousands of liberals are the exact same way and they refuse to recognize that they legitimately think that you know if they just play by the rules long enough they're going to get ahead and they're not and that's what's important to them here the fact of the matter is sanders has done live streams that have reached something like a million people Sanders is doing everything that possibly can be done hell he had a live stream where he got there t- t- uh Biden's campaign. Oh, we don't have enough lighting. I mean, he had four lamps in the overhead light on. Like, you know what I mean? There's ways to get this stuff done. 
it is just absolutely ridiculous to see the failure of the United States. Oh, no, like the no lighting excuse is fucking ridiculous. It's like the low ceilings. We don't have the lighting tech. Oh, my God. You know, we don't understand how technology works. That was all ridiculous. And that was I mean, part the that low was, ceilings could have. I mean, that could also explain the mysterious what appears to be wound on the side of his head. You know, that, that could be like a hint there. But it, one of the things I noticed about these videos, it just feels like including the one where he like walked off and the one with his wife, the, the where they're when they get released by uh, the campaign is it looks like whoever is editing those videos is trying to tell people that Joe Biden is not okay or he's just so not okay that they can't even put together they can't clip together and edit together something that doesn't indicate he's not okay but well I mean the way, if we're gonna just like fucking theory craft the, the way they actually record them precludes being able to edit them properly right like if you were like I, I'll put this out there 100% I do not believe that the live stream that we saw today was streamed live i believe that that was There's a no pre-recorded clip huh <clears throat> there was no way there was the exact same outfit the exact same podium all of that was there no so there were two different clips there was the first clip which was the same outfit and then there was the second clip that was the quote-unquote the live stream if i'm not mistaken uh mm-hmm. with the, because, because the one clip with the podium then one clip without the podium i'm not concerned with the clip where he was in the same clothes it, I mean, it really doesn't matter either way but one clip was not live and one clip was supposedly supposed to be be live it, the issue with it all is that it didn't make a difference whether it was live or not because there was no component of it that required it be live at all mm-hmm. there was no like taking questions there was no interacting with the panel there was no like engagement engaging with uh events that had happened at any particular point in time my man didn't hold up a today's newspaper my <laughs> point my point largely is like considering biden's level of fucking like notoriety it's actually weird and difficult to give so many like i'll put it this way like in the future you know i guess today too <clears throat> people who love conspiracy they're going to have a fucking field day with like the last week of biden being missing because there were so many opportunities where you could simply just go like oh he's fine here he is uh like just chilling with his grandkids at you know at the the mansion in wilmington delaware just chilling with his wife jill having dinner you know things that yeah you could fake but like they're not clearly sketchy to like the naked eye but then you have what they've been putting out which is like oh yeah where's joe biden thumbs up in djd nice's mentions it's like it's like come on it's like that's not even to the level that would satisfy the most credulous ransom payer of like you know if you kidnap someone like you people wait for like body parts like a thumb or some shit to be mailed to them that's proof of life like they're just and like the giving way that like sanders ran or simone sanders ran with it made it just seem like it was probably even just her on in the instagram oh, no. it was it was obviously simone sanders running his account on like in that fucking thing like what, like, what are you talking about <laughs> it's just like that's the part where i feel like i'm being made to seem like i'm crazy like i'm being made to seem like i'm the one who's losing my mind which i mean is fine i definitely do love trafficking and conspiracy theories but like nothing that we've seen like leads me to say that joe biden is not missing tomorrow when he's supposedly supposed to be on the view i'm like yeah that's him like right there like being on the view being fucking weird like uh, a satellite but what's been produced in the past week is needlessly sketchy it went from like oh joe biden is just chilling at home because like the democratic party has simply abandoned the you know, abandon the narrative of coronavirus to the GOP, assuming that Trump will just like, I guess, tank it and like he'll shoulder all of the blame. But I honestly can't say because like, you know, Joe Biden being 
the front runner and being in my attention is new. If like this is just how his campaign has been operating for a while and this is the first time I'm noticing it where it's like, oh, like maybe every time he has a big event and they fucking like pump him full of horse stimulants like he just disappears for a little bit to recover because like that shit burns you out i think that there's an aspect of seeing trump get away with things making people that aren't trump think that they can get away with things that they can't because they either lack the you know the structural power or they lack the charisma or the the audience that's willing to just gobble whatever they say up or one of the factors that allows trump to get away with it and i feel like i've seen that uh from like dc on down really well i mean i think because like dare said they treat everything like a game of optics like you know insofar as you can equate trump to anyone in the exchange between uh bernie and the reporter it's the reporter who's still talking about like the optics the aesthetics of the, pol- the political moment like well what does it look like trump is doing what does it look like bernie sanders is doing what does it look like i'm doing in this moment versus like okay well optics aside if we don't get things done people are going to die Like you need to like Mm. be able to exist outside of like our current political model, which is very focused on like symbolism and optics and the aesthetics and gamesmanship. And like, you know, like it's the kind of if a million people die tomorrow of coronavirus or total of coronavirus, what are the headlines going to read? And is it going to be like a million people die of preventable virus or whatever some shit? Or is it going to be like a million people dying under Corona spells bad news for Trump's reelection campaign? It's like, okay, like that's like, that's what I'm talking about. Mm hmm. I mean, I think and we've seen that it's going to come from both sides with the various, you know, what Trump lied, people died, uh, whatever Pelosi's there's some hashtag for her. And just it's it's being turned into that political gamesmanship. And on top of that, uh, focus on how do we restart uh, our economy and essentially the lies beyond just the seniors, but also just vulnerable people, vulnerable population of all ages are essentially being disregarded. And the the packages that have been failing to get passed through uh, the Senate and Congress, as well as being too small at first, starting at like two to eight billion. And as of when we're doing this, are floating up between one to four trillion. Uh, it's just now finally getting to the point that they need to to the size that they need to be and it's just it, it's disturbing are well, they though like that's the real question because if you look at the so what happened today uh is i believe either senate democrats or house democrats stopped the latest bill that was going to go through but this latest bill that was going to go through that was being uh proposed by republicans was basically a slush fund for corporations total bailout for the uh airline industries and if you made too, if you made too, not if you didn't make enough money, you didn't get any government relief during this crisis time. So it was something like if you made less than twelve thousand dollars a year, which is very possible if say you know you're a tipped worker working on the federal minimum, which is like two dollars and fifteen cents an hour, you're probably not going to make twelve thousand dollars in the year. You probably just won't. Most college students cannot work during this time, cannot work during school, and now definitely can't go to work now, but still have off-campus apartments and things like that that they have to pay these stuff to eat all these other things, they wouldn't have gotten any of this relief. So what's really going, and the Democrats aren't much better. Let's be very clear about that. You've got a few that Rashida Tlaib has done great. Sanders has done great. Um, AOC is just now coming around to calling for total rent moratoriums and not just eviction moratoriums, which is a big difference that I think a lot of people aren't really getting 
And a moratorium on evictions just means, okay, cool, until all this is done, you're guaranteed to stay where you're at. But the moment, you know, this is all done, they're going to be at your door with the eviction notice saying, pay eight months worth of rent now or get the hell out, you know. And so it ends up being a no-win situation for the actual working class here. All this is decidedly drawn along class lines. Pelosi is not actually out there doing anything to help. There are very few people in our government that actually seem to be giving a shit. And the reality is social Democrat Bernie Sanders is doing more than anybody else, elected or unelected, at this moment in time. He's done more than Joe Biden has. He's run laps around the entirety of Congress, and he's shitting on Donald Trump. And the reality is if we had done things correctly in 2016, if we had Bernie Sanders as president right now, things would have been a lot different. And I think they would have been a lot better. You know, before we got to this stage of where we're at with the relief, with the Corona relief plans, it's like it looked for a while like the Republicans were going to outflank the Democrats from the left. Yeah, and, Kamala Harris had been floating, like bragging about her plan to put out like uh, up to five hundred dollars or something per family or something, and it's just like she uh, wanted to do a tax credit just like Pelosi. They wanted to they wanted to give you a refundable tax credit that would have kicked in next tax season. Wouldn't have done shit for you right now. Yeah, it, it was just like woefully inadequate, and like I said before, is in the range of like two to eight uh, billion dollars, which was just like literally hundreds of billions of dollars short of what was is going to be necessary. Trillions short. Trillions. I mean, it looks like it might. I mean, I've seen numbers float around, especially from people who are like you know comparing it to the two thousand eight crisis. I think ten trillion dollars would be a rational amount of money to spend on this, considering like that the two thousand eight recession cost us twenty two trillion dollars. Yeah, and you can't expect Congress to be able to put a package like that together uh, of that size at the speed that it's necessary. So really, what's like we need right now in order just to keep the economy functioning without trying to restart it as Trump started and float, uh, you know, thousands of dollars directly direct payments to people. Period. Like that has to happen, or like the dominoes are going to start falling with people not being able to pay rent, uh, and then landlords not paying their uh, lenders or their creditors, and other businesses not being able to pay creditors. And if they're isn't a, a federal systemic uh, way to address that chain reaction of not being able to pay creditors, uh, the system like is in jeopardy. But here's the thing, too, with that. This is going to be a lot worse than the recession that we had. So projections are for quarter two, they're looking at 30% unemployment. Um, you know how the highest that Unemployment reached during the entirety of the Great Depression. It was 28.4%. 28.4% was the highest level of unemployment during the Depression, right? We're looking at hitting 30% in quarter two. Unemployment claims spiked the other day by something like 863,000 claims and that's just getting started people are getting laid off people are just and in some cases are just outright being fired because they're unable to go to work and so we're really about to we we've seen the stock markets tank the i believe the dow futures opened up today and immediately was pulled off uh being traded because it just plunged nine points and after it plunged something plunges nine points it's taken off the market so it can't cause an immediate crash so we're not doing good and we're not going to do good. And, so we've also, and then we've also got Trump out there saying, well, hey, cure can't be worse than the disease. 
let's end this quarantine in two weeks and just send everybody back to work, which is going to kill even more people, get even more people sick, and it's just going to continue to tank the economy. The only good option, the only re- re- realistically, the only good option is for a mandatory, like a Wuhan-style shutdown, uh, establishing government officials to go, you know, uh, some kind of fund for each household to make sure that all of their needs are met, a rent moratorium, have an official, a local official in your neighborhood run to the grocery store for you. You fill out a list online. They put it in a box. They put that box in front of your door. You wait until they're gone. You go grab your box. You bring it inside. Like that's really what we need. But realistically, it's not going to happen. And the underpreparedness of the United States and our dependence on capitalism, our dependence on this idea that profit is the great motivator, that profit is the only thing that matters, is going to cause a lot of preventable deaths. It has an incredible. It's actually as we're as we're getting more and more numbers and we're actually looking at this. It's killing a lot more people than than originally thought or originally realized. It's got a much higher mortality rate than the flu does, which is what it was originally being compared to. And I know I was one of the people that when I originally saw the data, I was like, okay, well, this looks like flu deaths. It looks like the flu is going to be worse than this. It should be fine. Everyone should just be safe. Wash your hands. The reality is it's doing a whole lot worse, and it's going to really decimate rural and poor communities here in the United States. Yeah, particularly because they're underserved medically. Uh, I just wanted to like one of the the visualizations or kind of ways that I understand what uh, Adair was talking about there with the the scale and scope of the unemployment issue is just uh, the scene from Dick and or fun with Dick and Jane, where he's going to interview after Globodyne gets crashes or whatever. And the, the like that scene of the battle between people trying to apply for like one position is essentially what we're looking at except on a national level not just in your town or city well i mean a lot of that is just residual lack of you know recovery from 2008 well most of that is residual lack of recovery from 2008 you know initial charts that i was seeing was comparing the projected unemployment with the unemployment numbers from 2008 you know recession and it was showing like oh yeah like basically everyone who was theoretically you know everyone who theoretically bounced back who was not a hedge fund person or a private equity guy uh it's actually, you know, gig economy jobs, you know, like Uber Eats, Uber, things that are going to fucking like dis- be entirely destabilized in over the next few weeks. Speaking to like preventable death, that reminds me. I think the biggest issue with Biden's absence is it came after he, you know, he had another decent showing, you know, good showing in many Tuesdays election. It was many Tuesday, right? Yeah, I think that's what they're calling. Yeah, on many Tuesday, on the, the few states that were actually that did not po- postpone their election as one would because CDC guidelines were saying that, you know, 50 more people considering how shitty our election infrastructure is and how long these lines were getting because of the many gerrymandering and, you know, vote rigging schemes that were never taken care of in 2016. You know, having people waiting on a three mile line of 500 people was a great way to spread that disease. Uh, of course, you know, in an effort to push the end this primary as soon as possible to reduce the chances of Joe Biden like having some kind of, well, you know, fit that requires him to be missing for a week, they decided to go through with it, especially in places like Florida, where turnout there was a plus two thousand difference in Florida and Florida turnout from two thousand sixteen to two thousand twenty. I haven't been able to find the demographics for that yet. However, we know that most colleges were closed, so college students were not allowed to actually vote for the most part unless they actively lived in Florida. Many do not. Many come into Florida from different states and were sent home. So the reality of the situation is it was likely a significant senior turnout that that shaped Florida's election, which is going to lead 
to tens of thousands of deaths. And Chicago is another example where they moved a lot of polling stations or the in some of the only police stations available were in senior centers in predominantly black and uh, low income areas, uh, which is also <laughs> correlating with a, a spike in cases in Chicago. Oh, no. I mean, a lot of people are going to die uh, needlessly. Right. And like pushing Joe Biden through uh and essentially, you know, essentially using fear, fear of uh, sort of socialist style, red baiting type fear of fucking Bernie Sanders to get like to gin up fear of the senior community, gin up fear that, you know, they have to rush out and stand in line for hours and possibly be exposed to coronavirus uh, only so that you can try to end the primary early, only so you can plan on cutting the social security, which Joe Biden absolutely plans on doing. You know, it's kind of the cherry on top that Joe Biden then just fucking like absconds in the night with those votes and just doesn't even show up for four days. And of course, Bernie calls for it to be postponed as one does, as he also has, you know, shifted his uh, campaigns fundraising from him personally to coronavirus and coronavirus related fundraising uh, organizations. You know, like you're endangering seniors in the short term, just ensures you can continue to endanger seniors in the long term by cutting Social Security. And, you know, we, we keep finding ourselves in this in this place where the Democratic Party is supposed to be actively differentiating themselves from the Republican Party. But again, like I mentioned earlier, it's become clear that like post beating Sanders and I guess this is the con- biggest combination of them they didn't have anything they don't have anything planned it's like they simply don't have any plans for how they're going to like take this to the general election like beating Sanders was their primary goal and they hyper focused on it and and with the backdrop of coronavirus that that hyper focus on defeating Sanders comes into a stark relief as just like what, like your priorities are, are completely out of step they think that if they beat Sanders, they're guaranteed to win the general election. That's the same thought they had in 2016, right? They thought they thought a hand sandwich was going to beat Donald Trump. They don't. There's the DNC is so disconnected from everyday people that it really is kind of shocking. And that's one of the things that you see when you're actively, you know, around parties at the state level. So being in you know, having friends that vote for the Washington state representative to the DNC, uh, talking to the people, they are so insular for the most part. People that really rise up through the ranks are so insular. They, their entire world revolves around the Democratic Party and donors. And that's who they think the rest of the population is. It's They, they assume it's their friends who have the same kind of views they do because their friends, for the most part, are also party members. They think it's people that are like the donors. They think it's, you know, they think you can put get the pulse of the nation by giving a 15-question survey to people that show up to a legislative district caucus meeting. Like, that's not how the world works. But Dems don't, are not, and they've shown this time and time again, the Democratic Party is not actually connected to the world that everybody else lives in. Neither are most politicians. Well, and I mean, on top they, of that, Democrats think that essentially anybody that disagrees with them is is like just stupid and they don't understand that there's are there are appeal like Donald Trump has appeals to his his audience that aren't just based on uh, simply them being stupid, but also appeal to like narratives that run deep in the country that are that they ignored leading up to 2016 and also led, I think, to Trump winning in the first place. Go ahead. 
whether or not Joe Biden could have beat Trump prior to the past week, prior to coronavirus, I think it's a different conversation. I would say, you know, since he's been replaced with a clone slash deep fake, which I think is the healthy assumption, his chances go up. Anyone who hasn't personally seen Joe Biden in the past 72 hours who is claiming that they 100% know he is alive, I think is being naive. The technology exists out there. We know that they can, you know, do amazing things with computers. We know that they can transplant people's faces now, people's brains. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was the the Paul Walker thing, you know, it's like, and there's Jim Biden, right? (laughs) Tell me, you can't prove that Joe Biden is not just another clone of Jim Biden. They're all cloned from the same genetic stock and they're just like many chances to try to put fourth uh, candidate a lot of possibilities here sort of like an orphan black thing i don't, I don't know if any of you watch that i never ended up watching orphan black I, it looked good but it looked also a little too in-depth like since eight so i just kind of just threw it out from my watch list i will say though right now we're seeing the limitations of vague anti-trump rhetoric right i think that you know i would compare coronavirus to climate change because climate change has a mm. very has a very climate change has the potential to show to people just how deeply flawed our political dichotomy is when addressing issues, right? And so, and also just how flawed Democratic Party's primary mechanism for arguing their superiority over Republicans is, which is like, hey, we acknowledge the science of climate change. We acknowledge the science of, you know, global warming, of methane, of like, X, Y, and Z, but we are not committed to putting forth the resources or uh, political or spending the political capital on trying to actively solve the problem. You know, for climate change, that doesn't work, obviously, but the effects are very, I would say, the immediacy of the effects can be offset or rather obscured by treating every climate disaster like every you know once in a century hurricane that happens every week or every you know forest fire as discrete events that happen outside of the dynamic of climate change like those are just like those are just weather that doesn't form any pattern even though obviously people are saying that you know putting the droughts and the you know the increase in warm water in the ocean in the conversation with those particular you know with climate change and also those particular manifestations uh When it comes to the ability to actually use that same language of like, oh, yeah, you know, we're trying, that falls apart with something as immediate and as potentially devastating as the coronavirus, right? Where it's like you can't, you know, their their desire to means test solutions, their desire to, you know, sort of try to, you know, symbolically resist Trump's uh, machinations isn't going to work. It simply can't work. You know, like too, too many people are too precarious too suddenly and there is a need for immediate action. Uh, not, you know, not to, which again needs to be considered and tampered still. Like you can, we can't just invade China or some shit, which is what people are trying, or invade Iran or some shit, which is what people are trying to do. But I say that to say like their, no, like their toolkit is, their toolkit is empty on this one. They can't use symbolic rhetoric or posturing to differentiate themselves from the Republican Party, especially if Trump does just start sending out checks with two thousand dollars for, you know, two thousand dollar checks with his name on them. That doesn't work. And so, like, we're seeing them and people are seeing them for how feckless they are in this moment. And I think that's important. And it would be gratifying if people weren't going to be aren't dying. Right. Because not only are they feckless, but they're also corrupt. And so, you know, they have people going out to vote in the middle of a pandemic, they have people who are willing to go on TV and muddy the water about whether or not it's safe to vote for during a pandemic when it's clearly not. Joe Biden might lose every state. 
I mean, the DNC is also still trying or penalizing states if they try to delay their primaries as well. Like, so they're For, yeah. penalizing delegates or representation basically at the convention. Well, I mean, maybe Which, it's a bad idea to have a fucking primary season that lasts for fucking two and a half years. Maybe that. Maybe that's the. Maybe I mean, that's. that's uh, but it's also a masterstroke. Think about it. Ohio is probably not going to go Biden, right? Illinois went Biden because they were able to suppress the young voter turnout in ways that have been unprecedented. They, you know, Washington was seventy-two percent Sanders in twenty sixteen, and somehow went to uh, Biden in this round. With a hundred thousand plus ballots that were thrown out because of inconsist- inconsistencies, excuse me, that weren't explained. People didn't know you had to check a box on the back of the envelope. People weren't expecting that. People thought, well, I can just cast my vote and it won't matter. No, they made you sign the box. And then they don't tell you, oh, hey, there was a challenge to your to your vote. So people thought their vote counted, but didn't. And there's all these little things that have been adding up, adding up, adding up. And now with the with the the emergence of a pandemic that is getting worse per the WHO today, it is going it is getting worse still. It, it, we're not even anywhere near as bad as it's going to get, and it's going to continue going downhill. Right. It just makes it easier to set this primary up and say, well, hey, we can just give it to someone other than Sanders, even though I'm of the opinion that with all the work that he's done, all the effort that's been put in and all the the lack the fact that he's not even campaigning, he raised two million dollars for coronavirus relief charities using his donor network. It's you know, there's a clear choice, but the DNC is gonna use this at to their advantage and use it to make sure that they take the vote away from the people and give it to somebody that they hand-selected behind the scenes. And by them, I mean probably someone like that Obama uh, hand-selected behind the scenes. I feel like it's impossible to look at this primary process and consider it a legitimate or a a valid, sincere primary of like actually trying to count people's votes. I mean, starting from the very first contest, no uh, publication still calls that race because what we have is clearly math that is wrong that shows one person won and uh, a state party that says another person won and the impact that had on the race and the uh, how that affected the the rest of the races going forward is basically gone with the wind now or you know it's, it's gone it's lost to history and isn't going to be a focus of any of the journalists or whatever they want to call themselves in the media or uh, essentially historians until long after this moment when we really look at what was going on during the elections during this period and just politically what was happening and see what a total shit show this whole thing has been but in addition like as Adair points out the the way that they're running this primary it seems to me that it was clear that their intention was to essentially lean on the rules to put uh, to place Biden in there with the intention as it was I guess conveyed to his donors recently with a vice president that was essentially going to take over for him if not like uh, officially, uh, at least in the operating capacity behind the scenes uh, in the actual White House. And so I think that that's definitely a part of it. But I think the, uh, that you made an excellent point, Brandon, about the kind of uh, parallels between corona and climate change and that for me, I, I saw the way that Corona has been being handled uh, essentially as an accelerated timescale of a lot of the issues and problems that we're facing with climate change in that like you see this battle between the science that clearly says that we should need to do certain things and the 
preservation or the interest of pre- uh, preserving capitalism and the economy and the inability of both parties to reconcile those two with a political prescription that adequately deals with the seriousness of the issue, be it Corona or uh, climate change. And it, basically what it is, is that we have to reorganize society and in Corona's case, even if it's just to make it through the first couple of years of uh, the virus being integrated into our flu season and basically that the partisans are desperate to keep it temporary because they need to maintain the connection between your survival and your job because if they break that connection they know it'll be near impossible to get people to go back to work for 750 an hour or less than that plus tips and that the economy that they've built that existed prior to the coronavirus was dependent on that. And so projections that they had that run for three months, six months, five years, 10 years, and the investments that are built on that, let alone uh, the contracts and so on and so forth that are chained, that they're like just linked together based off of projections and speculation and all of that. The idea that they're just going to lose three months of productivity does not does not fit. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of the, you know, the billionaires that are not worried about whether they're going to have access to a ventilator if they do get Corona and that they're going to get the best treatment that they're like, we need to get this thing back going because otherwise the empires that they've built will collapse on themselves. And there will only be a couple remaining, you know, the Bezos and the few that have industries or uh, that they're corporations are built on things that this new reorganization of society might employ. Well, I mean, honestly, like I, no one in our society understands science anymore. Like we don't we don't have enough science education or like accessible science education for adults to like or even for children really at scale that scale with people when people get older for people to make sense of this epidemic outside of just like the normal the normal political media cultures treatment of any other fucking like crises or any other sort of natural phenomenon and so the idea that we might have to fucking reorganize our lives for a significant amount of time uh is so foreign but then when you think about the number of events that have occurred in you know sandy hook uh hurricane sandy hurricane michael hurricane katrina um the various droughts and earthquakes and fires that have like ravaged fucking uh the california or australia like you realize that the displacement and all that other shit and like just the interruption of daily life has been steadily become a thing for many communities for one reason or another uh all related to capitalism for decades right you know capitalism and and climate change capitalism and uh access to guns and other and mass shooting shit it's like that's been the case for a long time and so i think people are like incapable of putting the pandemic in the context of like uh, we're a global community who is experiencing something like Katrina or something like uh, Flint, Michigan together. And so like it's, the, the media can't simply just zoom away and start focusing on something else instead because people are tired of it. It's like it's going to be affecting people's everyday lives for a very long time and And everywhere like as it's been found in the senate and congress as well so they can't there's nowhere for them to turn the cameras where they're not going to find corona yeah a lot of celebrities have coronavirus fucking bolsonaro has coronavirus you know that which is which is fucking great in fact you know speaking to science education i think that you know they should bring back the magic school bus well actually they've already brought back the magic school bus like they have the magic school bus rides again on netflix now not (laughs) good as it's not as good as the original version but like i I just happen to be a miss frizzle uh fan 
man. Uh, I mean, I'm going to have to check it out now. I did not know that. So, but I mean, they, they should do a new, a new season or they should do another episode on coronavirus. They can have like the, the, the bus go inside Bolsonaro. They just be like <laughs> the magic school bus, the you know, goes inside, uh, Bolsonaro. They can, you know, take the trip down to Brazil, uh, Arno can do his like I should have stayed home today because like you know he goes inside Bolsonaro and accidentally contracts coronavirus and like fucking sneezes and like hits his like brainstem and kills him and some shit and then, <laughs> and then the U.S. has to install a new dictator or some and it's, it's a whole thing they can never do a Jack Ryan crossover it'll be a great time uh, but but you but the ultimate you know effect would be it would teach people about coronavirus and, and my and in my imagination of it I, I've said for time. a long time that I learned more from the Magic School Bus than I did in essentially most of my elementary and middle school uh, science classrooms although it was also uh, like That's a mainstay of, of those classrooms too it was most of where what the educating was but gone <laughs> you both had terrible science teachers and as the resident scientist and the only person with a science degree on the show i also agree though that there's not enough people understand uh, understand understand what's going on or understand the data that's out there, right? Like the data is readily available if you know where to look for it and if you know what you're looking at. And then you've got – and part of our problem today in society is that we think that that science and scientists that were all some kind of like elite group of people with a general collective famous spokesperson, right? There's this idea Neil, that every group Neil has to have a dumbass Tyson. <laughs> not even not even him. People are looking at fucking um Elon Musk. People are legitimately looking to Elon Musk and saying, Well, Elon said that the curve's gonna flatten out no matter what we do, so everything is fine. Which yes, it'll flatten out, but it'll flatten out for one of two reasons, you absolute fuckwads. Is one <laughs> Every person on Earth is fucking infected, so nobody else can get infected because that's what the you know that's what that flattening looks like. So if you do nothing, everybody's gonna get it. Nobody has resistance. Everyone's gonna get it, and that's why the curve's gonna flatten, and tons of people are gonna die. You absolute fucking idiot. The other way it's gonna flatten is if we do what we're supposed to and just sit the fuck in your goddamn house. But if you, I just am so tired of dumbass American culture in particular. Where we have this idea that famous people who happen to call themselves this, that, or the other thing are the fucking spokesperson and are the person that you can get your news from and have all this, you know, analyzed. There needs to be better presentation of the scientific data. But part of the, you know, one of the things that we have to be really clear about is the White House isn't actually using any of the data that's being presented to it. The White House does not care what its own scientists have to say to it because Trump would much rather make money off of this, which is part of the why, reason why the latest bailout got denied because Trump properties would have been bailed out, been bailed out, but nonprofits, Planned Parenthood, places like that would have seen zero dollars in funding. So. It's a well, whole right. cluster. Uh, I think that's also die. you see, like besides that, they're not really social distancing on that stage. But when they do those press conferences, the doctors and the professionals are like face palming half the time that Trump's talking. The Democrats maybe would be handling it 15 percent better. Maybe. I think I think that's maybe it. I think, you know, speaking outside of the sort of like Democrat Republican paradigm, one of the things that I would highlight is that China and, you know, China and the U.S. are racing to find a vaccine. And, you know, obviously we're on the side of the, the world is on the side of China finding it first, because if China finds it first, it won't be patented, you know, and sold to the highest bidder by, you know, American companies. It'll probably be released freely because it's being developed by China, the Chinese government versus like United States, which has uh, outsourced it to some random, some probably some like random low rate 
current B tier pharmaceutical company, for being honest, but it was going to like end up not doing a good job with it. But and we know Trump's ch- already tried to to secure that type of relationship with with the the German company previously, and so like that that the U.S. would try to privatize and profit off of it is not conspiracy, but just you know natural progression of their their strategy thus far. But continue. Oh no, hundred percent. You know, one of the underdeveloped parts of this, at least in my opinion, from news I've been seeing, is that this has the potential to destabilize the EU, which it was already on tenuous ground. It has been the EU has been on relatively rocky grounds, uh, even before Brexit. Obviously, for the past fifteen years, some countries with smaller economies, like your Serbia's and your Italy's and your et cetera, being denied access to all of the resources that they need uh, in order to fight by the EU, rather not being provided all recently to fight the coronavirus and finding resources in China, which like, I mean, I only mentioned it because you mentioned this uh, last episode, Richard, like the potentiality for China to become, a, you know, the dominant player, if it's not already the dominant player, but the dominant player uh, and source of aid during the coronavirus uh, rehabilitation, like changing the global power balance in favor of China. Mm, yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, it, it's I it's been remarkable just how much they've stepped up into that role. And I mean, we've seen Cuba ship doctors out as well. So I think that there's a uh, a very a tide change that's happening globally that I don't think definitely U.S. business folks in the media class and that, that group of people are not going to be able to admit for months from till months from now. But uh, I think that we've seen some articles essentially looking at China and being like, hey, they figured this out. Why did it work? Why did their response work? And then they're figure the rational thinking people are looking deeper and realizing that the, some of the things that they did and that we can't do aren't because they're authoritarian, but just because they actually have a functioning government. And, and like and that that is also going to bleed over into international response to what is going to be a global pandemic at that point and then now we realize is a global pandemic and is going to be horribly mismanaged by lots of western nations as a result of not being able to uh you know distinguish as Adair was pointing out the important difference between flattening the curve by everybody getting a herd immunity through uh everybody getting it and overwhelming the medical system in a short period of time versus elongating a a lower curve somewhere closer to the capacity of the medical system so that while the event is longer it is less devastating as far as the death toll and the we've seen various governments uh, essentially write off their pensioners or their senior citizens or whatever. Uh, The UK being a particular example where the scientists basically had to step in and say, hey, this is this is going to kill a lot of people. We have to do something. And now uh, I think just as we were recording this, uh, the UK has essentially adopted a similar uh, shutdown as Italy and some other places have. And the the availability of China to go into Italy, to go into all these countries and to serve the needs to provide the masks and that these countries desperately need is going to position them in a way that coming out of this crisis, not only are they going to realistically be able to keep the supply chain uh, rolling and and be able to continue to provide the kind of normal aspects of life that we need in the manufacturing sector, they're also going to be able to continue to provide the types of aid and the types of modeling that's going to be required to get society functioning again. 
as far as getting people back to work, which uh, ironically, I've heard from people that have been on the military bases. They're already emulating a lot of those things, like before you go into a, a public buildings like the commissary your temperatures are taken they have you wash your hands and uh there's hand sanitizing stations for the the carts and uh, various the the types of uh authoritarian uh uh implementations of rules and procedures and protocols that are going to be necessary to slow the spread and actually flatten the curve but here's the thing about that too though which is one of the things that is interesting. Yes, places need to be checking temperatures, so I have to go back to work actually starting tomorrow. And before you're allowed into the building, you have to have your temperature checked, and they're going to be checking for coughing and things like that. Well, here's another thing that's coming up. New symptoms are developing all the time, and the reality is coronavirus is probably going to present differently in a lot of different people. Your standard flagship issues are coughing, fever, absolutely need to 100% continue checking for those. One of the things that people as individuals have to start looking out for is other potential symptoms. So I was reading an article the other day um, from a nurse who was like, I had I had the virus. They were tested. They came back. It came back positive. Their primary symptoms were extreme fatigue, headache, joint pain, lack of appetite, and lack of smell. So and theirs would be what I I think there's it's fair to say there's a fairly severe case in that they lost six, seven pounds because they just were not eating. Those symptoms match mine as well. Which was the funny one that I was actually telling Richard about before we got on air was the lack of smell, where I was like, I could not smell a thing. And I didn't even notice I couldn't smell anything until it came to the point where I was like, oh, like I've just burned this food and I couldn't really smell that until I went to go check or until like the uh, the smoke detector went off. But I mean, it's all it's all kind of weird. I mean, I would just just touch on what Richard was saying prior to that. I mean, I've been looking at it as kind of like a reverse Marshall plan. Like people have been comparing coronavirus to World mm. War II, and I'm like, China's going into all of these countries that have been abandoned by capitalism, <laughs> like have been abandoned by, you know, by encroaching neoliberalism, and they're offering them aid uh, and just demonstrating the worth of a more, you know, of a less, of a system that's less focused on that kind of, that kind of a, that like that kind of values and i mean like that because that's, that's what we're seeing now across the aisle we're seeing people who are talking about as richard as adair mentioned too that like they want to go back to work in 15 days it's like they want to mm-hmm. like you know trump and uh, a few other people are uh, you know the new york times op-ed section you know they're floating the idea that like well you know we can't stay like this forever and we can't keep you know we can't interrupt the our, our lifestyles and the economy quote unquote forever and you know it raises the question i'd rather not raise the question it really uh hammers home the point that when people say the economy it stands in i think the current capitalist economy stands in stark opposition to the general health of the country and general health of the populace where some people are like oh you know if two percent of people need to die so that like we so we can pretend like our society is functioning. Then two percent people have to die and you know have to be sacrificed at the altar of capitalism just so we can pretend like it's a functional system. Well, and the people in power are going like that. That's what it seems like it's going to happen. It seems like that that's the calculation that they're making that that people aren't going to do anything to stop them. But here's and here's the thing though, and why? And to, is I want to I want to loop back a little bit to my earlier point, but also tie that in with yours, Richard. Here's why the quote-unquote authoritarian measures, which they really weren't, that were adopted in Wuhan, uh, were so good. 
we have two hallmark symptoms, but Brandon, your symptoms didn't match. I haven't had, I've had an absolute lack of appetite and extreme fatigue the last four or five days, right? I don't know if I have it. I don't think I have it. I don't believe so, but it's possible, which is why we're saying, hey, you should be quarantining. What Wuhan does, it says no matter what your symptoms are, whether you present like Brandon, whether you present like that nurse, whether you present more traditional ways, whether – and this nurse said they also had diarrhea and vomiting. And so if those are your primary symptoms, right, we don't necessarily know how this is going to show up in every individual. We just don't. Um, and so it's so much safer just to say everyone stay home. We'll take care of everything that needs to be taken care of, but you stay home. It means that those who might be infected with in presenting different symptoms or no symptoms or have a really incredibly mild case versus having an incredibly severe case, it stops them from spreading it, which is why the U.S. military is adopting some of the Wuhan practices. And that's why China did everything absolutely correct. It's been five days with no new infections of COVID-19 in Wuhan. Five days, no new infections. One of the important parts about how you actually do, if you intend to get society going back to some degree to what it was, I mean, in China, that's that means something different than what it means in the United States. Uh, one of the aspects that you have to do is you have to have extensive testing, not just to slow the spread of the virus, but then also so that you can keep track of people that recover so that you can have immune people go back to their jobs first so that they're less we likely. We don't know that you're going to be immune after catching this. There have been multiple instances, instances of I've seen one. I've seen one particular case uh, that's referred in Japan, and so far it's been. China's had it more multiple times. You do not get. You're not guaranteed immunity. Yeah, I promise you that. We, well, we do not, not a know. guarantee to be immune. But as far as like as far as I've seen, I've seen the one case that they that it said it could be attributed to faulty testing. And so one uh, just to say that one of the aspects I can't guarantee immunity, but I can I can guarantee at least Cuomo was definitely making this point during his press briefing that they are going to some of the first people that they want to put back to work are people that have tested and recovered because at least they're less likely to come down with uh, the same the the same virus again. And He's so, dumb for that one, though. You'll have an immune response, yeah. but think of it. It needs to be thought of more like the flu. You get a flu vaccine every year. Every one of us has had the flu, but you're not just because you have an immune response does not mean that you're not going to catch it. And because this is such a novel virus, it's better just to wait till there's no new infections at all going around and just do what Wuhan did. Like that's the that should be the gold standard. Well, I mean, and that, that is what Wuhan is doing now as far as some of the people that are coming back to work. One of the things like they are tagging or marking or denoting people that have recovered from the virus. And we well, uh, have to. Yeah. And it, you like, have to know who's recovered and who's not. And I get and I get the idea of saying, hey, you all can go. It's it's OK to go. Like we, These are some of the people who want to put back to work. But there's this prevailing idea that if you got it, you're good and you're not going to get it again. And that's just not true. No, and the virus, every time it goes through uh, an immune system, it, it can change ever so slightly. And so, like, those slight changes may or may not be enough to comp so that your immune response isn't sufficient to prevent, uh, you know, significant symptoms from reemerging. And it's like, whether, like, you can be reinfected so that there's live virus back in your system. And it's just the idea of your immune response is that it wins. But sometimes when it wins, it's like the fight, you still experience the fighting with fever or, you know, a or throat or whatever that's it this leaning back on my that, magic school bus education <laughs> that's all 
that's all very responsible and interesting. But now I want to be irresponsible. Like, where does everyone think? What what does everyone think happened to Joe Biden? I'm reasonably convinced <laughs> Joe Biden. I'm reasonably convinced Joe Biden is at the Playboy Mansion, and everybody thinks he's Hugh Hefner's zombie, including Joe Biden. So that was the weird thing about the video, the the this first video, the one where he was wearing the same outfit, which you know, whatever, who cares? Like, I mean, we're we're in quarantine. I haven't changed my my pajamas in three days. It is what it is. Uh, like, it, it seemed as though he was wearing some sort of robe or some sort of velour velour like smoking jacket. I thought it was uh, like me, he, you know, but like it, I talked to you about it and seen other people kind of mention it. It does look like it's like it looks like Biden isn't wearing pants and you know, I'm not going to hold him against him because, uh, you know, uh, I've been known to record a podcast or two and not in pants. But like he's trying to <laughs> go ahead. I'm wearing jeans right now. And I will say that, like, apparently. So this was the first excuse that they they couldn't figure out how to do the tech right. And so they built a TV studio in his basement with a green screen. Like it's not debatable. There's a green screen behind him unless he suddenly shrunk to be the height of 410 because like otherwise the proportions just don't work the benefit for biden of this coronavirus lasting until whenever the election is is that then he doesn't ever have to be seen outside of his comfort zone right it's like then he can do all of his nonsense via via teleconference via you know via green screen fade in in his smoking jacket uh but yeah i, I like where you're i like where your head's at richard um adair where, where is biden <laughs> I honestly, I think Biden's probably at home. I think he's being kept under lock and key. I think they're. Really, I honestly think they're concerned about him uh, for more than just the coronavirus. I think there's something that might be going on, and I think he's at home. I think he's under the care of his wife, and you know, with any luck, he just will never emerge and just stay there as a hermit for the rest of his days. Do you think that Biden has the coronavirus? I don't. I think it's possible, but I don't think he has it yet. Uh, if they announced that somebody from his campaign had it, then I would think, oh, absolutely. Rand I think Paul Amy Klobuchar it. has it. <laughs> so Amy, Cho- Amy Klobuchar's husband has it. Amy Klobuchar beat the disease like she beats her staffers. <laughs> <laughs> why did we not get on her more? Like, why was that not covered more when she was running? Like, because everybody she knew she didn't have a chance. Out of people. Because frankly, until she be until she becomes uh, the cabinet minister of torture in the Biden administration, she had no oh. opportunity. She was never going to win. It's like her being a cop and like her being just as racist or stupid as Kamala Harris. It's like people honestly, people over focusing on Kamala Harris led to her losing because a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is like a lot of people fell into the trap of trying to predict what other people will like." A lot of it was people just assuming that Kamala Harris was like going to be popular and latching themselves onto her, specifically Clinton staffers, early and dragging her campaign down without any, without her ever building any kind of actual support. It's like she just see on paper she just looked really, really good, like from like all of like the Democratic Party like liberal check boxes. Unfortunately, they're also racist, and her name is hard to pronounce. Yeah, but they never said it out loud, but it was definitely the, there was definitely a component of assuming that black candidates were going to get black support. And that's what led Obama to beating Clinton in the first place. And like those staff, the same staffers had that kind of same lingering impression. And when she, her and Booker both bottomed out with black support, they were caught flat footed. 
So from my perspective, this is my theory about what happened to Biden. The technology exists out there to, you know, and we know this to be true. Technology exists out there. They have the heart attack gun. That's obviously the case. Uh, they use it on Sanders. He survived, you know, because of his just like extraordinarily large and vigorous heart. That's great. Um, would not be surprised if this coronavirus is some kind of directed energy technology as well. We've yet to understand. Biden, I would... I would say that he's alive. I don't know if he has Corona. I know I had Corona. And let me put this, let me put it this way. If Biden had Corona, you know, me and him, it's different. <laughs> Second, I do think that this particular scenario is going to be a good opportunity, though, for them to just like use a lot of like deep fakes and body doubles to make sure Joe and just creative editing, too, if I'm going to be like less tongue-in-cheek in order to like make joe biden seem more coherent than he is i think once he goes on the view tomorrow it'll be fine like you know whatever conspiracy theories like we're like we're legit we're just gonna are just gonna sort of fall away but like my greatest fear is that like something's gonna happen where he doesn't end up going on the view tomorrow and this this stuff is just gonna linger for a few more days but that or being there's said, gonna be like some it, weird glitch that just feeds the deep fake kind of idea conservatively I I would go with he's a clone. I I would go like they have replaced <laughs> that like they've they've replaced Joe Biden with some kind of animatronic. Whether or not this animatronic will, re, will is like sentient remains to be seen. All I know is that like there's no one waiting in the wings to take over for Joe Biden actively is what I'm thinking. I think that no matter what whether it's a you know whether it's a clone, whether it's Joe Biden actually and he just has dementia, whether it's a robot, whether it's an alien, whether it's some sort of shapeshifter. I mean a lot of options out there. I think the the overall dynamic that people are trying to pursue is the same like the democrats i think see in trump a model for what they could have which is just like a figurehead president that will more or less sign whatever you put in front of him uh but what they don't like is the tweeting shit they don't like they don't want like the mm. social media shit happening and joe biden is a hundred percent that person he's a hundred percent the person who you can like wheel out every month you know amp him up on amphetamines have him do a state of the union address but you can just control him from behind the, behind the scenes. And I think Obama world sees that. I think a lot of people see that. Mm -hmm. His presidency would be a series of competing backroom interests trying to get control of the mouthpiece. You know, I wouldn't, you know, Obama world, Clinton world, the DNC specifically, fucking um, the military industrial complex in the deep state would want, would want their fingers in that pie. And so I, I would, you know, I would imagine his fucking administration would be quite uh, inconsistent in what they did obviously with a, a through line of just like centrist bullshit but you know what i'm trying to say there no yeah i, th I think you, you raise an excellent point about what his administration would actually look like and i think the consult rapid consolidation of the other uh, centrist candidates prior super tuesday also leads towards that and i was just going to say quickly that like the absence of biden is clear and that trump's pod empty podium gets more airtime than biden has claimed over the last week because biden has been completely absent and that just doesn't work in a presidential campaign but go ahead well that was my point from before it's like biden has been absent from before Biden's always been absent, mm -hmm. but I think up until about you know he didn't he didn't actively pursue that endorsement from Clyburn. He didn't actively campaign in South Carolina. He didn't actively campaign in any of the states that he won. Now, 
obviously I have no problem with floating uh, theories about like the legitimacy of the election as you know, because that's just, I, I just, again, I'm just a truth seeker. You know, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, obscure anyone. I'm trying to lead the sheeple out of the fucking, the bewildering forest of their own fucking thoughts and the false reality constructed for them by a democratic party. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to be a shepherd. I'm not trying to like further lead them into the darkness. I want them to be happy. There's a substantial part of population though, who is unaware of Biden's issues who are becoming more rapidly aware of them now because like both because of his absence and they're going to be hyper focused on him because now that he's back and you know trying to replace him with Cuomo I don't think would work the only person you could replace him with and this is where it becomes like fucking obscene is Hillary Clinton like the only person I think you could replace with Joe Biden would be Hillary Clinton and not have the entire thing fall away. You could also make her his VP and then have him like retire or, you know, have a heart attack, quote unquote. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And she could also like she has the influence to gather the superdelegates to like glad hand. And she knows how the machinations of the party and the DNC work so that like she's uniquely capable of manifesting something like that. Assuming that we even have an election. People used to say that ironically, but now it's a little bit up in the air, like definitely whether we'll even have one. Well, I've seen but- Tom Perez kind of freaking out about like and other Democrats freaking out about it, like, hey, this emergency legislation needs to have something in it that takes care of uh, mail in voting, because if we don't get this like get on this, if we don't write something about it in the next six weeks or so, then the states are going to say that they don't have time to do it. And uh, the president can't officially call off an election but he could certainly influence you know dozens of states to not hold elections and then throw into question the legitimacy of the the results regardless of whether he wins or loses i think that was the only kind of argument people were making about like why it would be bad to postpone the primary there's still the primaries function in the same way that the general election does which they don't really uh you know is that like it might provide a precedent for donald trump to delay the other elections I mean, like the general elections. Well, it's like, okay, but, you know, instead of delaying them, you could just come up with a, a, you know, a mail-in schema, uh, a way to take, you know, a way, which would also, ironically, create a paper trail, a much more comprehensive paper trail of elect, of elect of electoral ballots. Oh, but they see, the problem is it would enfranchise a bunch of people that they've both parties have taken taken painstaking measures to particularly exclude from being able to vote. And if you just mail out a, vote, a ballot to everybody, there's a high likelihood that a lot of those people are going to end up voting. And that can mess up some of the other down ballot elections. That's the problem with the Democratic Party. And you can also loop in coronavirus here and the coronavirus relief package where it's like they're trying to means test and or disenfranchise on the front end. Like, well, we got to you know, we have to make sure millionaires don't get a thousand dollars, a thousand dollar relief check, even though it would just be like that episode of fucking Futurama where like everyone gets a three hundred dollar rebate from Nixon and like mom blows her fucking nose with it. It's like that's what would happen with like if you gave Bill Gates a thousand dollars, he would just blow, he would just wipe his ass with the check and not wash his hands and like spread coronavirus to another you know <laughs> another series <laughs> trying to get those african numbers up since a lot of people are disappointed that more people aren't uh, you know affected by fucking corona in africa i don't know if you've seen that but that's bothering shit i mean continue sorry <laughs> temperatures over 40 degrees celsius one of the things we know about coronavirus is it does not do well in heat and humidity a lot of the conspiracy theories that are flowing around coronavirus are, in my opinion, just meant to obscure the fact that the coronavirus did not originate in China, but originated with the Elizabeth Warren campaign. Uh, you know, it's 
you look at those selfie lines and some people see like, uh, you know, some people see a heartwarming display of person to person contact with the president with a potential president of the United States of America. Uh, first female president of the United States of America, Elizabeth Warren, um, ex Native American Elizabeth Warren. And in, in my head, I see a hotbed of germ of germ warfare. And yeah, she does have a plan for that. I don't know. I feel like the I feel like Corona being a secret Clinton uh, conspiracy. Op- I feel like it being a Clinton operation to somehow find put Hillary in the White House. I feel like that makes more plausible. It's a lot more plausible. I feel like that one you could see that right. They killed Epstein. They blackmailed Obama. They've you know hit they've hit Sanders with the heart attack gun. You know, I think, you know, them coming up with a, a virus in a secret lab, yeah, that's it's kind of believable. It's falling well, I for mean, the look, classic trick of uh, Warren being the patsy, I see. But go on. <laughs> I think, honestly, this is going to sound offensive because it is, but I think Warren might be a because sleeper agent. <laughs> I think, well, look, this is going to, I'm throwing out, out there. If Warren is patient zero for the coronavirus, like I have just invented in my own head right now, it's possible. <laughs> And you didn't hear me out before you tell me you can't say that shit. <laughs> um, it's possible that the Native American community has been playing the long game for, <laughs> for as long as Elizabeth Warren has been alive. And she is some sort of like asymptomatic carrier of this new plague that is meant as some kind of, I would say, retribution for settler colonialism. Uh, and the selfie lines were her mechanism for spreading this, much like the blankets were used when the settlers came over. Now, you may be asking yourself, how did it, how did it first start in China, Wuhan, China? That's called a red herring. That's called a red <laughs> herring to throw you off the scent. Now, I'm just throwing out ideas. Again, I'm just a truth seeker. Uh, I mean, uh, there was, uh, I've been watching, I like, I assume most people, lots of uh, like, you know, containment pandemic type shows. And uh, I don't, I'm trying to find the one I was watching, but uh, Nick, I've that, been playing 2K. I don't know what y'all niggas is doing. That was part of that was part of the plot, though, that uh, in order to cover up a CDC uh, experiment that they ended up uh, s- blaming uh, Syrian bioterrorism. So, you know. Just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> the plot, the plot to NBA Two K Two Thousand Twenty is that in order to, <laughs> in order to obscure, uh, return uh, of Yaomi. <laughs> Jesus, sorry, maybe that was. <laughs> no, I'm, leaving, I'm, leaving, I'm leaving the whole shit in. I can't believe you said that. Anyway, I'm hoping that I, no, I, I hope people stop listening a long time ago. I will. I will be honest. That I expect you dare to yell at me about the whole Native American thing. I was, <laughs> he wasn't paying attention. He wasn't paying attention to me. I'm on my speaking, player right now. Speaking of conspiracies, though. I will say two things just to close this out. The first is that the flatten the curve thing has been driving me fucking crazy. When I first saw the hashtag flatten the curve, the first thing my, my mind thought to was, holy shit, it's happening. <laughs> it's, fi- it's finally happening. All these fucking globe cucks are being woken up. The globe, the globe shills and globe trolls have finally been defeated. I can finally stop pretending like this is a fucking bit. I can finally welcome you all out of the fucking fog of your own dissolution. Your own fucking faulty senses. <laughs> I fucking hate you. I just want you to know that. Joking aside, I think that the problem with the coronavirus is that it's a different kind of threat. It doesn't have a nationality. You know, trying to tie it to the Chinese along with like, you know, uh, along with, you know, 
increasing the number of hate crimes is a way to sort of make it a much more visible threat, right? Does it personify the virus, if not, you know, by the virus itself being a person because you can't like sort of anthropomorphize the virus very well. Let's just, it's not, it's Moses Jones, right? Have you seen, I was going to say, have you seen Cells at Work? Them niggas do some creepy shit. You shat on my, and I haven't seen Cells at Work, what the fuck? I don't watch, info, I don't watch fucking in, inform, informational watch. anime. It sounds like some shit you'd be into. I mean, I it know like it's a not your anime. furry stuff, but you know. Well, and Biden, at, in his little his blip, he did say he did you know say God bless the troops, you know, like he thought that the troops were fighting somebody in this coronavirus situation. Like, so I mean, maybe maybe it's not as hard to anthropomorphize as we might think. The troops of the troops were analogy for Biden's uh, Biden's immune system fighting off the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, "God bless the troops." He means like his white blood cells. Have you ever seen Osmosis Jones? Mm. It's a lot like that. Yes, like, you know, who haven't seen Osmosis Jones? Like, come on, bro. I don't know. Have you seen the the spinoff TV show yes, Ozzy and Rich? It was on Disney. It was not on Disney. Yes, it, was it was on was, uh, Channel Eleven. Oh my god! Yo, I'm, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that in I'm the fucking. <laughs> whatever anyway you're like four foot five you're not even that hard to fight don't even no, worry apparently about biden's it. like four foot five <laughs> according according to the dimensions of that of his last two live streams <laughs> that motherfucker's like four foot nine he's ben shapiro height i've noticed that uh, they're all like i feel like they're purposely saying live stream in a, in a way they're like they're putting it in a way that they're leaving themselves room to the, like to acknowledge that it was actually a recorded video you know so first of all it doesn't matter if it was recorded or not because there were no live elements to it, which i mentioned earlier it's like whether it was like the idea of it being live and this is a part that is kind of like fucking silly is to prove that he is not dead <laughs> like i have to believe that like so like you have to put the things that occurred in the week that biden was missing or rather the things that occurred in the at the point in which people start saying hey where it start questioning where is biden and then today to today into the conversation of them trying to prove that biden is around in you know and not incapacitated anyway that all being said though joe biden is i mean well joe biden is around i guess now whether or not he whether or not it's the same joe biden we've known and loved for the past 70 odd years is debatable you know that that has yet to be the book has yet to be closed on that one but it's, it's good to be welcoming a joe biden back into the political arena you know maybe this joe biden will have something that the, the you know he didn't have a week ago no they just added I will a say little bit more joe to your biden Maybe, yeah, maybe they add a little bit more Joe to the Biden. Maybe they, you know, it could be anything. It depends, it depends on where you want to go. They could have done an exorcism on him to remove corn pop spirits from his from his from his, from his body. Like we don't like we don't know what we don't know who we're talking to anymore. We don't know who's in that video. We don't know we don't know what's in that video, my man. No, I did get a little bit of vibes like, you know, if we kept saying Joe Biden, he was going to show up like Candyman though, and that was going to be the end I of mean, all of us. It, first of all, if you say Joe Biden's name in the mirror five times, you're just gonna feel two hands on your shoulders like clinch real hard. Nah, someone will just smell your hair randomly, and you turn around, you won't see anything. That's it. But then, but then the, oh man! But then next time your mirror fogs off, it just says malarkey. <laughs>
What the fuck does that word even mean, though? Like, that's one of the... There's so much about an, Joe it's an, Biden. It's an anti-Irish slur, which apparently... <laughs> yo, this is, the thing, this is the, what I found out, too. This is a, a totally separate point from, like, Joe Biden may or may not being dead. Um, It turns out <laughs> Joe Biden is not even Irish. Joe Biden's, like, German or what? some shit. Like, yeah, yeah, Joe Biden... Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren being Irish. And, like, no one is talking about it. It's, it's fucked up how you're allowed to do anti-white racism, but anti-indigenous racism is just, you know, it's the pinnacle of what people are against all the time. You know, you, you can't stop hearing about anti-indigenous racism, but, you know, you try. But Joe Biden, he makes being Irish a central part of his campaign, including speaking like he's drunk all the time. Uh, and yet suddenly <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Now that shit my name saying Beto, you so nasty Ass like an ashtray Smoking flying lotus Used to be Jehovah's I'm in your girl and now she feeling Polish like pierogies They hoping that they smoke us Nah man, never that Tripping off that earwax Danny Brown and D-Stacks Ill pandemic Man, that shit be everywhere Midas is your highness And you horrible like gummy bears Why I'm fly like a cockpit You don't fly like an ostrich Stupid shit like a mosfet Can't believe this is toxic